welcome to Fade In, um, another podcast episode. Um, Savannah, say hi. Hello. <laughs> okay, so today it's not only Savannah and me. No, we have a really special guest. Um, we have our dear Mariana here, and she's uh, a screenwriter and novel writer as we and but you know she can introduce herself so hi mariana hi how are you guys good how are you i'm good as well so hi i'm mariana i'm i'm a writer and novelist and screenwriter and novelist from brazil um what else do i say about about myself (laughs) what do you guys want to know that's me um you're you know, like your favorite genre and how did you start ah, okay. to write your, your first books? You know, like how did it all start? Okay. Um, I focus mostly on uh, fantasy and sci-fi for writing. And that's kind of what I love reading as well. So I guess it makes sense. Uh, and my journey with writing started when I was very young. I, I, I like to say that I started writing before I could write. <laughs> doesn't make really any sense but I used to like create stories like storytelling is something that I like to do even before I knew how to actually write I I, mm-hmm. I used to draw like my stories and like my, my mother was a she still is a university um, professor so she would like bring home a lot lots of like paper that she would like get from work like you know just mm-hmm. and give me for me to draw with like I, I would just get a lot of those stacks of paper and fold them in half and like make small like little books with it mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like just draw stories and then I would give to my mom and to my dad like, yeah look the book that I made here's oh, this book so, so I, I I so I don't know how was my first the first book that I wrote because it was very hard to remember but that's how I kind of started with it so I guess I don't remember when when it began I just mm-hmm. um and then from that, I kind of merged into like writing in a computer when I was like 10 or something. I started writing um, some small things. I remember writing a, a, this book that was based on me and my school friends Aww. as uh, teenagers living in New York mm-hmm. for some reason. And then we had a band in the story. Aww. I mean, I was 10. And then, <laughs> and then that went into like writing fan fiction and those kind of, kinds of things. And then at some point, I said, okay, I really do want to write, like, a book, like, an actual book that people will read. So I I started, like, doing, like, writing with that in mind. Like, I want to write something serious that someone will, like, look and be, hey, this is actually good. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I just decided at some point, like, yeah, this is not just a hobby. This is something I want to do for a living. So mm-hmm. let's see how that goes. <laughs> I love that. That's really cute. It's way cuter than my story, <laughs> but <laughs> that's so cute. You know what? I now I'm really interested um, because uh, we all know each other from VFS. We were in the same class. So why did you go to VFS? Like why VFS? And you know, like it, it's an. I mean, I also like moved from Sweden to Canada, but why? Why did you do it? Well, uh, I graduated in, in film university here in my, my hometown, Brazil, 
And I already had in mind that I wanted to do something related to screenwriting, like study screenwriting abroad. But at first it would be like a one month small like course mm -hmm. or something, just, you know, just a one month thing. Probably I was, I was researching LA at first. Yeah. And then, and then at some point, like some news came out about, it, it comes out all the time talking about like, um, immigration in Canada because like Canada has a lot of like immigration stuff a lot of immigrants so my father found one of this news articles and sent it to me like hey look Canada cool and I was like yeah actually that's interesting and then I googled screenwriting school in Canada and the first thing that popped up was VFS and then I started researching I was like hmm but it's one year mm, I don't think that it's going to work because it's one year and then I told my parents they're like mm, well I mean we can try to make that work if you want. And I was like, are, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can, we can try. Let's, let's do some research and see how that goes. And then after a lot of preparing and you know, um, things that you need to do before moving mm -hmm. to another country, yeah. I went to VFS. Yes. It was, it's so funny because I was also looking first at like Los Angeles and California because mm. you know who doesn't want to live there and then the first time I heard about <laughs> Canada actually like BFS was because I knew someone who graduated there because they were kind of in the same class as me here in Sweden and I thought like Vancouver Canada it's cold there I will never move there never <laughs> yeah that's the rest is history <laughs> Well, you can say how, uh, I mean, I'm from Brazil, so the cold situation actually is something that it was interesting because I was curious about because I've never experienced cold between, uh, like, colder than I would say seven Celsius. <laughs> I, I don't remember experiencing anything colder than that before moving to Canada. And still, I went to Vancouver, which is like the hottest place in Canada, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even, I didn't even, even touch the surface of the can, uh, uh, Canadian winter. <laughs> oh, yeah, Savannah, you have to tell us some stories about the Canadian winter, like the real winter, not Vancouver winter. Yeah, Vancouver winter doesn't even hold up to some of the craziness that happens in like the prairies like Alberta <laughs> is insane, like every winter gets down to at least for like a day or two like not the entire time but there's just always those days where it gets down to like minus 52 and you're like oh. you it's literally like don't go outside <laughs> like oh you God. might die and it's just it's really yeah. sad because we have homeless people as well and mm. you know people who don't have the greatest housing and stuff and so you're like oh my god when it's like minus 52 like that's awful yeah. and most of the time the schools and everything would still be open so they'd be like well good luck getting here <laughs> and it just it was not fun so that's why I kind of moved to Vancouver was <laughs> like why I was looking forward because I always wanted to live in Vancouver and then when BFS popped up it was like a reason to go other than to just live here and suffer the high rent so <laughs> I moved here because like I just yeah like you know winter's ending here but I got to Vancouver and like like again after moving home for a little bit on like December 17th and 
me and my dad because he drove me down here we were able to go for like a walk and like our t-shirts like it was like plus 10 like it was really nice out and meanwhile in Edmonton it was like snowing it was disgusting so like (laughs) I just like Vancouver because it's like all year round it's just kind of like that spring feeling where you're like Mm -hmm. it's not like you should not wear a jacket but at least there's like no snow all the time and it's not freezing Mm -hmm. yeah it makes sense Oh yeah, no, that would be way way too cold for me. I'm me and coldness, <laughs> no, not my thing. Um, but yeah, okay, that's not what the episode uh, will be about. Canadian <laughs> winter um, <laughs> books. So even though we um, uh, studied screenwriting at BFS, uh, you write your book series and Savannah and I are doing ours. And it's both in the fantasy yeah. genre. Yeah, I guess that's why we kind of went the fantasy route. And just because fantasy is such a crazy fun genre to be writing with. Because like same with sci-fi, just any of those genres where you are in control of world and Mm. everything around it and it's a lot of work it's a hassle because you're like oh my god I forgot to talk about that like what language do they speak what do they do Mm -hmm. oh my god but it just gives you so much more creative freedom and I think we really like that part of it too because you know you can create everything because there's it's just so intimidating when you're writing for a genre where there's specific things in place that you have to abide by and you know that if you do it wrong, you're gonna get yeah. like comments or reviews or people being like, oh, like that's not really the how what happened or anything like that. Where when it comes to fantasy, it's like, mm-hmm. actually we can do whatever we want because this is our world and you have no say in it. And I think that's just really freeing when it comes to writing. Yeah, and the thing is, so we're gonna talk about your book series, Wasteland, which um, I just read like the final pages uh, yesterday. <laughs> was really amazing. Um, it's also in a like dystopia fantasy genre, but it's kind of in our world, but it's still like, you know, like made up and your own, you know, like society and world. So I just thought you can, you know, just. You can just talk about Wasteland a bit and, you know, about your project. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, Wasteland is a dystopian, I don't know if it's dystopic or dystopian. Uh, Savannah? I think it's dystopian. Dystopian? (laughs) I think so. Yeah, because sometimes I write dystopian, one of those, and then, like, the, 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 the spell checking thing cracks me. I'm like, I think I, I know both are words that exist, but I, I always confuse when to apply. But okay, it's set in a, like a dystopian universe, and um, it's set in, in like in our world in a future where governments don't no longer exist and the society is ruled by uh, corporations. So we have no no like governments as we have today. It's just big companies and rich people saying what happens and they're controlling the cities and the cities kind of control the smaller cities and there are some parts of the world that are kind of free and independent and but the the big cities want to control them too and the story said in gate town which is a one of these free cities that no longer is free because one of the big corporation cities cities come and they want uh, to control the mines that they have there because they have this the, this um lots of this metal that they they use to do like a lot of stuff related to technology so they just start controlling the city and the people in the city don't like that so and after a while there's this 
big explosion that happens and kind of changes everything. And in this situation, there are these two main characters who uh, are uh, Debris and Memphis, and they are rivals who share this very kind of complicated past because they sh like they share a history together and they at some point became rivals but now they kind of have to work together and kind of work out the things that they left kind of unsolved between them personally as well so in, while they're trying to figure out how to protect their people from the big corporation cities they need to figure out how to deal with the things that they still have inside relating to each other and what happened to to them in this process so um yeah this is wasteland <laughs> nice oh yeah you. it's just a funny guess, question <laughs> oh. <laughs> no no <laughs> okay okay <laughs> i have a question for our guest <laughs> okay i was gonna ask how did you like come up with the idea for wasteland like what inspired um, you? I have, so I have this aesthetic for this, this story in my head for a long time. It came up to me while listening to my Chemical Romance album. Danger <laughs> uh, <laughs> Days, which relies with the Fabulous Q Jolies, who my Chemical Romance fans will know. And this kind of like desert um, aesthetic with like people in colorful clothes and cars and stuff. And that was yeah. something that kind of stuck to me since the album came out which i think was like 2000 i was 15 when it came out so so 10 years ago <laughs> uh, and kind of that that's the kind of stuck to me that kind of that that vibe you know and listening to the the, the music of the album kind of you, you know those kind of stories kind of came to my head and then i just left that in the back of my brain for all the all the time and then yeah. last year when i was i wasn't i was in vancouver during uh, during uh, quarantine, I was doing the dishes and I was listening to music. And then one of the songs from that album started playing. And then the, the, that that image came to my head as like this road in the middle of the desert. And then on one side is this kind of biker gang coming. And then on the other side is kind of this gang that drives like this colorful cars coming on the other side. And they meet halfway. And then these two people, they're like rivals, come to talk to each other in the middle. So just that image came to me. I was like, oh, I think I'm onto something here. <laughs> and then and then I started trying to figure out who these two characters are. And then I started slowly kind of coming up with who is Memphis, who is Agree. And then from there, when I had these two characters figure out and had and, and knew that these are two kind of rivals, like two people who have like a history that what didn't go well, and they kind of let that personal history mix with their kind of um, professional history, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if call it their profession, but their kind of political thing that's going on. So they kind of let that thing that was supposed to be personal grow into something bigger and left a lot of things unsolved, but they share this past and they used to be friends and then something else. <laughs> so, uh, and, then, and then I started to come up with how that happened in the, in the past and what will bring them together again in the present. And I kind of started building like that kind of like, like those building blocks on what is this thing that happened in the past that will influence the future and how is this, because I started studying two timelines, that's something I forgot to mention before. And you find out what happened to them in the past as you follow them trying to figure out stuff in the present 
So that's kind of, I, 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 I think I kind of stuck with this two timeline thing because that was kind of how I, how it worked in my brain because as I was coming up with the things that happened in the present in the story, I was also trying to figure out what happened to them in the past. So I kept, I kept going back and forth in my head. So I was like, yeah, I think that's how it's going to be in the page as well. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, so that's how it came to be. <laughs> Dope. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Cause this, the first book is done now. And you yes. mentioned that there's going to be more of them. How many do you have kind of like, how many do you think there's going to be? Um, you, I don't have a right number yet because I know kind of what happens next. Yeah. But I still don't know if it will be enough story for another two books or if I'll be able to put it down all in one book. Okay. So I still have to like sit down and do like the outline for that. And I think as soon as I do that, I'll see, okay, this is too much for just one book. So let's split that in two. And, but yeah, it will be two, another, another one or two. So a duology or trilogy. Okay, so depending on how that, how much, <laughs> how much story do I have to tell? <laughs> yeah, nice. So, and we know like the first book is like ready, and you said you are like right now you're sending it, you know, like to competitions and you know people yeah. who could publish it, publisher, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So soon that's like so if any publisher listens to this podcast, you know, you have to buy her books. <laughs> um yes. <laughs> you know that's something we all have to do it's like the part of of the industry to to email people and say hi i have yeah. an idea do you want to read it um it's it's still really awkward for me and you know how are you do, dealing with it like on or maybe you know like you can explain for the listeners like how to how many people you send it and you know, like, what, what do you think about, like, these query letters? Yeah, it's very challenging. And for me, it was actually, like, because I chose to write Baseland in English because that's also, like, an important thing about the story because, like, I wrote a story that's not in my first language. And before that, I had only written, like, novels in, in Portuguese. Yeah. And I even published one in, in on Amazon and stuff. So, but here in Brazil, publishing... <clears throat> fantasy and sci-fi as a new author is new national author is very hard because mm. the industry is very um like uh there's a lot of stuff like bestsellers coming from the u.s and then the brazilian mm. publishers are translating those books and those mm. are the books that people read and for the publishers to like to pay the money and risk publishing in a, a national author that is like no one knows it's very rare to happen so most most like national like brazilian sci-fi and fantasy authors self-publish and even though that's a possibility that's open to me i never close those doors even mm -hmm. I, I even published one book uh, uh uh on amazon and stuff i kind of wanted to try the other way like what if i try to go from the outside in so I'm going to write something in English and try to do the way that those, those best-selling authors do and get published abroad in like some publisher in, 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 mm -hmm. in English. And then let's see how that goes from there. Because the possibility is that if they're more open to new authors in these genres than the publishers here in Brazil. 
So I thought, okay, I think now after living in Canada for a year and uh, I feel confident enough to write something in English. And I've yeah. been reading in English a lot as well. So I thought, okay, let's do this in English. And then I came up, I said, this idea will be in English. So I wrote it. And then once it was done, I was like, okay, what if they see that I'm not a native speaker and immediately like say, okay, no, bye. <laughs> that was something that is always kind of scary to me. But so far, um, I, I didn't get many replies yet, but I, I, it, 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 didn't, it, was, it wasn't an issue so far. Like let people point it out. So I'm glad for that. But when I started querying, querying, this is such a tongue twister. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I I researched like agents at first because I had to like reach out to the agents, and then the agents would reach out to the to the publishers. So I started researching agents who were open to the kind of story that I wrote. So I think it's an important thing to keep in mind, at mm. least when you're trying to publish a novel and you're trying to find an agent is to research all the agents and see if they're open. First, if they're op open to queries at the moment. Second, if they're open to the genre you write. And third, if you, it's more specifically even, is if their wish list match your story and not only the genre, because sometimes they'll be like, okay, I like sci-fi, um, but I want sci-fi that has characters with this and this and this. I want sci-fi that has stories kind of like this. So they are very specific about their the wish list sometimes and it's, I think it's very important to to research that and then once you're writing your query letter which is the, one of the most challenging parts of the thing you try to point out the reasons why this story matches what they're looking for so this is something that I did and it was it, it's, it's so such hard work because you have first you have to research and come up with a list of of, of agents who were looking for the genre that you one then you have to like filter it for people who are looking for stories that your book matches and then you have to write to them and try to convince them that your story is what you're looking for and write those letters specifically to each which each one of them so i have like this template letter and then i would change a lot based on each agent and, and other than that, some ask for like a full synopsis, some ask for a, a separate bio. So you write your bio separately. Some ask for five pages, some ask for 10 pages, some ask for 30 pages. So you have to have those samples ready to send. Some have, you have to fill like a form. Some you have to email, some ask for the email with everything in the body of the email. And some ask, mm -hmm. some ask for it as, as like uh, attachments. So you have to be very careful with that as well. So you don't send an email to someone who receives queries like by forms. So it's a lot of work <laughs> and it was a lot of like a headache and like, oh my God. <laughs> but in the end, I sent at first kind of like to 15 agents mm. from like new ones who are just like starting to build their client list to bigger ones because I, I wanted to have this, like, you know, what, you know what? I'm trying all, all over. So I sent to some, some agents were like just started like two months ago this, the, the the agency they were for published that they were hired so they're brand new and some who are there for like a couple of years and some big agency agencies who have like big authors that i like to read published and i even used their books as an example hey i'm right stuff similar to this person who you have published or represented uh, and then uh, now it's waiting because i sent i already had i already got one rejection 
and one person asking me for a um, I forgot the word uh, a partial so mm-hmm. pretty much I sent like five pages and she said hey can you send me more and I sent her more so I'm excited to hear back from that person uh, because they asked for more so that means they liked the first five pages uh, and other than that the waiting time can be up to 12 weeks for some yeah. agents mm-hmm. so it's pretty much like if you don't hear back from us at, un, until then it, it means we pass we're not interested in representing you right now but uh, many of them said that they would reply so i'm at least waiting to can you at least send me a rejection email <laughs> so i know that you saw what i sent you <laughs> i know it's that that's like the worst thing and i, I guess it's not just in yeah. this industry but <laughs> It takes months and months for they to respond, or they don't respond at all. It's always the yeah. same. It's oh, it's it's yeah. the worst thing. But I'm I really hope. I mean, I know you will. Uh, like some one of them will buy your book because they will be like idiots if they don't do it. So, no, so yeah. Cute. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. It's just always with time and waiting, which is like stressing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. much anxiety, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you guys you guys can wait for it because your names will be in the acknowledgements in the end of the book. Because oh, you guys what? were kind of my you guys you guys were my some of my first readers, so you have to be there. You, you guys will be there in the end. Like I would like to thank my dear friends, Kristen and Savannah and others <laughs> yeah. for being so That's patient. So <laughs> your names will be there. So wait for it. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, once my book's published, your names will be in it. Yeah, so the last topic is the difference between novel and script writing. Um, I guess we asked you first what, I mean, there are a lot of films, so what what do you think about that? I think for me, the main difference between, other than the format, of course, is the fact that when you're writing a script, you're writing the first step in the process. And when you're writing a novel, the novel is a finished product. So that is the main thing because when you write a script, you need to write it having in mind that it's going to pass around on so many hands. There will be the director, the actors, the producers, the editors, the um, art department. All of those people will have a say in how the final product will be and that won't necessarily be what you have pictured when you wrote it. So you have to keep your mind open to the fact that in the end, even though the essence should be there, um, it's not yours. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, a group project that <laughs> you do the first part and then you just pass it along and then other people will work with it. Uh, as while you're writing a novel or a short story or um, that it's, once you're done, even though you sometimes you have to edit a lot, it's good. Like that's definitely one of the biggest like um, advice I give to writers is to have people to read what you're writing. Um, so you you have input about what you're writing and have people give you feedback, but you have the say about what stays in and what leaves, what will be, uh, what what feedback you get will be applied, which won't. Uh, and in the end, once you have a finished product you're happy with, even if you go to an agent and then to a publisher and they ask you to change a 
a few a, a thing or two you're still going to be the one making those changes and in the end it's a still your novel it's that it's it's a finished product and that's what people are going to read the the, the product that they're going to get it's it's a novel so i think that's maybe one of the biggest differences for me but as in similarities i would say that uh, as something that i already said before that when you think about storytelling the tools that you use for one media is kind of the same they use for the other so um dialogue um creating tension finding a hook creating good characters all those things are kind of the same even though with one maybe you have to lean more on one than the other for example in novels you have a lot of more description while in scripts we kind of try to avoid a lot of description because that's up to the director and to the art department and the actors um so that's also a big difference but at the same time it's kind of um things they use for one apply to the other so when you're going to if you're going to come up with an outline for a story for example it's pretty much the same process you sit down and you think what will happen and and the main events of the story and how they connect and how the characters react to that and how dialogue will push the story forward or how dialogue will uh, what information you are going to show, what information you're going to tell, which is going to be, um, you know, all those things are kind of the same. So even though they're very different, because they're very different finished products, the, the storytelling creation process is kind of, kind of the same in a way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, I never thought about that actually. Um, but that's totally right, especially, I think there's something, there's also something interesting um, for today, like there are like uh, animations and uh, live action. Um, I think in animation, it's more like, now you can control kind of a lot, like in the story and everything. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, in live action, that's, you never know what the other people in the team especially directors I, I've heard of, uh, will do to your story. Um, yeah, I've heard really, really bad like experiences about that, but I hope <laughs> we never have them. But that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I thought more like, you know, about like, you can't have any like inner faults in a script and no long action descriptions. Um, but yeah. something I noticed now is after Souls of like after Souls of Syra, um, I kind of like my scripts become a mix of like a little bit like like mostly script writing with a touch of novel writing. Like just adding some yeah. lines here and lines here, and I think it makes the script so much better. Like it gives it gives so much emotion without being too much. Like you know. Yeah. Oh. yeah, that's something I don't I... know if any of you hmm? you, can, you can finish <laughs> No, 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 say no, uh, I don't know if any of you were there for our first the very first script we wrote in VFS was uh, our short script mm -hmm. and I don't know if any of you were in my, was in my, in my workshop room but I had two pages of action description before dialogue in my first script at VFS Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, yeah, we can tell you're a novel writer. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. And then I feel that in that sense, I improved a lot. I still sometimes, I still tend to be a little too novelistic when I'm writing screenwriting, uh, uh, writing scripts, because I want to add some pizzazz to the description. Mm -hmm. But I definitely learn to understand what needs to be there and what I should cut. So this should be there. This it's not up to me. So just don't mention it at all. But, and then now it was kind of a struggle after a year of writing so much, so many scripts, it was kind of the process of going back to novel writing and mm -hmm. trying to describe more because sometimes I'll be too vague about description. And then I'll, I, on a second pass, like a second round of editing, I will be, hmm, what was I picturing when I wrote this? <laughs> I don't remember because I didn't describe enough. <laughs> And then I would have to come, I come up with uh, some more description because when you're writing a novel, you can put everything you want in there. You can describe the the, the shoelaces the characters are wearing. The, 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 if they have a, a, a strand of hair coming out of their hair or something, you can describe anything. So it was kind of a it's kind of a a, a, a challenge going back and forth between the two when you're writing a script and the novel. Sometimes you kind of get stuck in one and then you move to the other and you're like oops I'm writing a novel now not a script <laughs> the other way around as well <laughs> same same Savannah do you want to round up the topic and the podcast first oh lord okay that's, <laughs> that's <a> <laughs> um I guess like yeah all in all I do with novel writing you can really it is completely your domain and that's what I really like about it is other than like I guess your editor or your publisher being like oh maybe this doesn't work like it's yours you completely created that world there's no there's no director telling you no or there's no actors getting upset like it's really just all you and that's what I really enjoy about writing like Souls of Sire right now is because we can do whatever we want there's really no especially because we're self-publishing there is really no boundaries to what we can do other than, you know, what's legal. And um, <laughs> that's what I really enjoy about novel writing. And with screenwriting, like, it's kind of a downer when, you know, you realize, like, something that kind of irks me about screenwriting is the lack of credits, almost. Like, whenever you think of a movie or, like, okay, so, like, let's do an example. Like, if I say, like, you know, the movie Joker to you, you're instantly going to think of Joaquin Phoenix, like the, mm -hmm. the actor, or you're going to think of the director, or you're going to think of DC making it. But if I asked you who wrote that, you'd be like, bro, I have no idea. And <laughs> even though the writing was fantastic, where if I'm like, you know, Harry Potter, but not the movie, the book, mm. you're like, oh, that was written by J.K. Rowling. And that's where like screenwriting kind of irks me a little bit because you're like, that world, that everything the dialogue all of it it wouldn't exist without the screenwriter but you most people cannot name the writer of most movies yeah or tv shows or anything and that just kind of upsets me because you're like that came from somebody and so with novel writing i feel like you just have a lot more creative freedom and you have a lot more credit to your name where yeah. though with screenwriting what's kind of fun about it is you get to see it come to life and i think that's the fun part about screenwriting is you know you get to watch what you made come to life on a screen and that's kind of cool but what I worry about is by the time that it gets made it might not even be what you envisioned anymore because they changed it so much and so it's really 
Yeah, like it kind of depends on how much creative freedom you want, but I think that's just the biggest difference between the two is creative freedom and what you were able to do. But yeah, yeah that's really all I have to say about that. Um, thank you for coming on the show, Mariana. It was nice to have like another person who like also, <laughs> you know, writes long form things like novels and somebody who also started out in fan fiction. You got to start somewhere. I started out there too. You know, I, I regret it. Some of the things that I wrote, but you know what? It made me into who I am today. So thank you for that, Avengers fan fiction. Um, <laughs> you gotta talk. Okay, uh, now I need to read that. Now I need to read that. Nobody needs to read it. <laughs> stay away from that. That's the depths of fanfiction.net that we stay away from. Um, <laughs> It was an honor yeah. to be here today. Uh, I was so honored for for uh, your invitation. I was so excited about it. My first podcast, yeah. maybe the first of many. So feel free to invite me again anytime. <laughs> maybe I should make my own podcast. Thank you yeah. for having me. Invite us to your podcast. <laughs> I will. If I ever make one, I will.